the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. On AM 1420, The Answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Seven minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock, and we have started on this Tuesday. It's the 13th morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Appreciate you being with us. Coming up in about a half an hour, our first guest of the day is going to be a complete nobody to you, unless you're one of his patients, I suppose. Uh, If you're a dental patient of Dr. Pavlotsky, you've never heard of uh, Konstantin Pavlotsky. The only reason I know about Konstantin Pavlotsky is because he showed up at an event that I spoke at about a month ago, uh, maybe a little more. Uh, I believe it was the Ohio Freedom Fighters event, and we were doing questions and answers after I gave my speech, and uh, Konstantin spoke up. Konstantin is from Russia. He's an American, and he's a dentist, and he's from Russia. And we were talking about the rise of Marxism, the rise of communism and socialism in the United States. And I said to the group in attendance that night, the same thing I've said on the radio countless numbers of times, the most important people in the room to listen to are the people who have lived the nightmare, people who have experienced it. Whether it be Russia, whether it be Cuba, whether it be Venezuela, doesn't matter, China, North Korea, if they have experienced it, listen to them. Because the rest of us are sitting here looking at it from the sidelines, saying, boy, that would be terrible. Or if you're a lunatic leftist, boy, that would be great to have, you know, uh, communist principles in the United States of America, to have an end to to, uh, private property, to have an end to, you know, wealth discrepancies, that everybody gets the same thing. Everybody gets the same outcome, no matter what kind of effort they put into it. At any rate, uh, for those of us who have just been looking from the outside or from the sidelines, as I say, we're going to get a, a taste from inside uh, what it's like to try to live and survive in a nation that uh, engages in communism or that is uh, communist-run. Uh, 
So Konstantin Pavlotsky, an American with Russian origins, will be joining me at 9.35 to talk about what he experienced. And I'm very much looking forward to that. And this, of course, comes on the heels of the Cuban uprising uh, that is being put down in the most brutal possible way, by the way, by which is what, that's how communism works. That's how communism has always worked. This is why we're going to talk to Constantine. He's seen it. He's experienced it. And now the people of Cuba who decided to come out uh, of their homes or their huts or whatever they're forced to live in in this starvation-wracked uh, island nation, but they came out and protested and, and waved the American flag and screamed for freedom and liberty and opportunity, and what do communists do when people get crazy ideas like, uh, you know, things about liberty? They beat them up and they beat them down. And that's exactly what happened. The new president of Cuba, Diaz-Canel, has unleashed his military and his Ministry of Interior agents to stop the protests with arrests and beatings. On Sunday, he called for revolutionaries, which are plainclothes thugs, according to the Wall Street Journal, to take to the streets to attack the protesters and warned that his opponents will go over our dead body if they want to overturn the revolution. End quote. The state use of violence is standard operating procedure in Cuba, and there are reports that Mr. Diaz-Canel has cut off all Internet service that the regime controls. He won't give up easily because he has much to lose. So they have cut off the ability for people to communicate and coordinate with one another if they're going to continue to protest. So, you know, that's the reason we're talking about, you know, the obvious. I spent almost the entire show yesterday, almost, talking about the insanity of the American left trying to bring about Marxism which is the precursor to communism in the United States. This is exactly what they're trying to do. And we need to show as clear as possible what communism really looks like. So Konstantin Pavlovsky will be joining me to talk about that at 9.35. Then at 10.10, another guy with Russian uh, origins, uh, Peter Kersenow, will be joining us. Peter Kersenow uh, will be with us for, uh, at 10.10, as he always is, and we're going to talk to him about what Russia looked like uh, to, for his parents and uh, you know what his, his take on the current pushback against communism by the people of Cuba looks like and whether or not there is enough being done here to, to help them. Uh, push back against communism. So we've got Constantine and Kersenow, uh going to be joining us this morning. And before we do the top stories of the day, let us pause for the Pledge of Allegiance. Patriots rise, stand and face your flag if you have one. If you do not, please put your hand over your heart. Leftists, do what leftists do. Go ahead and embarrass yourself in your shame for this great country. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all so i think it's kind of uh coincidental and maybe ironic and very very interesting that as people in cuba fight for democracy and freedom and liberty uh, here in the United States, people who are who are living and swimming in democracy in our wonderful constitutional republic have decided to abandon democracy. Democracy, of course, is 
when the people now this is again because we are a representative representative republic these are representatives casting the votes but the voting process is indeed democracy and in the state of texas democrats have done the most democrat thing of all they have decided to abandon the democratic process of deciding laws in the state of texas by fleeing texas on a private jet filled with beer and wine taking selfies of one another as they <clears throat> excuse me went AWOL to avoid voting on Texas's new uh, voter ID laws or voter verification laws is perhaps a better way to say that. Texas Democrats hopped on private jets, by the way, not commercial, hopped on private jets yesterday, loaded uh, jets that are built filled with beer and no masks, which is a violation of federal law. Yeah, that's right. Even charter jets, not just uh, commercial jets, even charters, you must wear masks while in flight or while on these planes. So they ignored that. And obviously, no, I don't care about the masks, but they, they say they do, and yet they have violated the um, uh, the rules. Uh, and they flew to D.C. Texas Democratic legislatures, legislators rather left the state in order to break quorum during a special legislative session to prevent Republicans from passing new voting legislation that the Democrats knew they were outvoted on. So they, they don't have as many votes, so they said, fine, we won't even participate. We'll bail, and if they don't have us there, we have to be present, then they can't vote at all, so everything just sits. And the people of the state of Texas sit in flux. The law, or the perspective law, sits there in a state of flux. This is a special session that was supposed to pass the bill that the legislature ran out of time on when the Democrats broke quorum last time. So now they're doing it again, but they're not just going home and not showing up to work at the Texas Capitol, because if they did that, the Texas Rangers, state police, could literally go door-to-door to their homes take them into custody, and bring them back to the Capitol to do their jobs and allow this vote to take place, which is the will of the people of Texas. They want to make sure that the uh, votes that are cast in federal and statewide elections are legal votes and that any uh, attempt at fraud will be put down. And this is what states all over the country are doing now after the great criminal uh, hijacking of the twenty November 3rd, 2020 election. States are cracking down on fraud, trying to make it easier to vote, to have legal votes counted, and to make it harder to cheat. Republicans are reflecting the will of Texans in passing this law or this legislation to become law. Democrats know it, and so they know that if they just go home, Texas Governor Greg Abbott could just order the Texas Rangers state police to go and get them and bring them back so they are present, so a vote can take place. So what do they do? They hop in these jets, violating federal law, as I said, and they fly to Washington, D.C., of all places. And the answer of, or the question of why Washington, D.C., well, here's the answer. If they had flown to just another state or driven across state lines, say they went north up to Oklahoma or west to New Mexico, doesn't matter. If they go anywhere else that's a state, then there would be an opportunity again for Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, and the Texas State uh, Texas um, Rangers and state police to go and get them in other places, and they would perhaps have to go through an extradition uh, char- uh, uh, process, you know, to extradite them and get them back to Texas. But they could legally do that. 
But in Washington, D.C., which is not a state, there's no extradition process. So now Texas can't touch them. So now they sit there in D.C., allowing time to go by and no work being done for the people of Texas. They ought to be fired. They ought to be put in jail. They took their two charter flights last night to, quote, apply pressure to Democrats in the U.S. Senate to pass federal voting legislation uh, to Trump moves by Texas and other states. We know this is the drill, and they tried it already, by the way, and they lost. They lost. They didn't have anywhere near the votes in the Senate to pass the, quote-unquote, For the People Act, which is a federal takeover of our electoral system, taking states' rights away from them on how they conduct their elections. In other words, to federalize, nationalize, and legalize fraud from one end of this country to the other. This is what they want the federal government to pass. Their breaking quorum is expected to slow down the legislative process in Texas, but it will not stop it. On the way to the flights, it appears uh, they brought beer with them. There's nothing illegal about the beer, of course, as Texas legislators, no doubt, their real ID-compliant driver's licenses prove that they're of legal drinking age. Uh, this is good stuff from View from the Wing. Uh, so, you know, this, and, and by the way, Governor Greg Abbott has responded to this by declaring when they return to the state of Texas, and they will eventually have to, they will be arrested. They will be arrested and taken by force, meaning cuffed, put into vehicles, and driven to the Texas state capitol to discharge their duties. That's the way this is going to play out. Eventually, Texas will get its new voter uh, security laws, or law passed, and which will be great for the people of Texas and which will be great for all uh, of the United States. This is what has to happen in every state. States need to pass laws that tighten up any opportunities that the left has for cheating because any opportunity that they have is an opportunity that they will take. We have found this very, very clearly. Okay, it's 920. We're going to take a time out here, and then we're going to come back and talk about crime in America. The Democrats are responsible for the vast majority of violent crime in America. Don't believe me? Look at the statistics. Look at the Democrat-run cities with Democrat policies, and look and see where the vast majority of violent crime takes place. It's a Democrat problem. And yet the Democrats offer no solutions. Yet there's a story here that I'll share with you on the other side. 920 now on AM 1420, The Answer. Talking about crime. Talking about... uh, Democrat-led, Democrat-responsible crime on such a massive rise. Violent crimes in some of America's biggest cities, all of them run by Democrats. All of America's biggest cities run by Democrats are the highest crime cities in America. And the Democrats, of course, want to take no responsibility for this, even though they are the ones who called for and implemented the defunding or redistribution of funds away from police departments. Uh, And now the Democrats are saying, we care about crime, too. The headline, as a matter of fact, in the National Journal, is new polling shows Democrats alarmed by crime, too. Josh Kroshauer wrote this one. In our tribal times, it's very rare to find a situation where voters of opposing parties agree on anything. So when you see a rare point of agreement between Republicans and Democrats, it's worth taking notice. And that moment happened this week when Democratic polling firm Navigator Research released its weekly survey, which asked voters what issues they rated as major crises. 
On most of the 14 issues tested, from the coronavirus pandemic to inflation, Republicans and Democrats differed sharply. For instance, 70% of Democrats still see the pandemic as a major crisis, but only 30% of Republicans. The one exception was violent crime. For the first time, crime ranked ahead of the pandemic as the top issue for all voters. Even more surprisingly, it was an issue that voters of both parties ranked highly. 57% of Republicans called it a major crisis. 52% of Democrats. Most significantly, 70% of African American voters called violent crime a major crisis. The only other issue that drew bipartisan consensus was the spread of misinformation. But sticking with the crime now, isn't this what I've been talking about Since the summer of quote-unquote racial reckoning last year and violent crime being committed by Black Lives Matter and Antifa in major cities all over this country, vandalism, assaults, fires, violent crimes all over America. All because, well, quite simply because George Floyd died. And that's what happened. George Floyd died. I will not be part of the party line that says George Floyd was murdered by a Chicago or by a Minneapolis police officer. George Floyd died, and that led to all of that violence and calls for defunding police. And one thing that I and many others who have been paying attention have told you is that the victims of the defunding police movement will largely be Democrats, and they will largely be black. Why? This doesn't take a rocket scientist. If you've got two brain cells to rub together, you know that the vast majority of violent crime is committed in black communities, in inner-city, impoverished communities. That's not a racist statement. That is a simple statistical fact. And when the violent crimes are committed, largely in the black community, who are the victims of said violent crime? Innocent black people. Innocent people who just want to live their lives in peace, Innocent people who just want to pursue opportunity in this great nation, but can't when they're victimized so repeatedly by the people who live in their own neighborhoods, especially in the urban centers where there are large numbers of gangs. As a matter of fact, I have an ancillary story here in Chicago. Chicago gang members outnumber cops now 10 to 1. 10 to 1. As uh, cops retire and flee the department. This is all a result of defunding the police, de escalating their ability to perform their duties to protect people. According to the police pension board in Chicago, Chicago, the number of Chicago cops that have retired this year already, and it's only July has surpassed all of the retirements from 2018 in the full year. They're on track to be the highest number in the the department's history. Meanwhile, the gangs are growing. Violent crime growing because Democrats made it grow. Violent crime growing because the Democrats handcuffed cops. They want to sign them, uh, force them all to... uh, Uh, operate under ridiculous consent decrees like the one that Cleveland cops are stuck with. They can't do their jobs without, without either, you know, fearing being killed or being locked up themselves. Their numbers are shrinking and criminals are running wild. And now the Democrats say we're concerned about it too. Why are the Democrats finally concerned about it too? 
Is it because suddenly they saw the light and had an epiphany and said, you know, law and order matters in our communities? Law enforcement is important? No. It's because they know that power is going to be sapped from their favorite Democrat politicians if the the cities in which these Democrats run or the cities that these Democrats run continue to become shooting galleries. In other words, they care about politics, not about lives. This is the reality of Democrat uh, the Democrats in America today. It's about politics and power, not about protecting people. You want to know who believes black lives matter? Republicans do. You want to know who believes black lives matter? Police officers do. You know who doesn't give a rip about black lives being lost? Democrats. Because they're the ones making it happen. Take a time out for news here. We're going to come back and talk to Dr. Konstantin Pavlotsky. If you don't know who that is, I'll tell you all about him again right after this. two sides to every story there's the mainstream media side and then there's the truth you are experiencing the truth the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer all right still watching very closely it's 936 uh the situation in cuba as the protesters uh came out in a show of courage and uh demanded freedom demanded opportunity demanded some semblance of liberty uh, and freedom uh, against the communist regime, the oppressive communist regime, regime that has been in place for over 60 years on that island nation. Here is uh, Republican Representative uh, Maria Salazar from Florida. We certainly hope so, that we are seeing the beginning of the end. But I do tell you that this is the first time in 62 years of repressive socialist tyranny that the Cubans go out into the street and demand freedom. They're saying it, libertad. And not only that, you see the American flags. What does that tell you? That they want to have what we have. And that is the story that I told for the entire two hours of yesterday's show. They're flying the American flag saying, we want to be like them. We want to be like America. And meanwhile, here in the United States, Democrats burn, desecrate, and turn their backs on the American flag, calling it a symbol of oppression. These people have no idea what oppression looks like. And that's why I want to talk to our guest now. He knows what oppression looks like. He knows what communism looks like up close and personal. Dr. Konstantin Pavlotsky, DDS, uh, I met him at a speaking engagement that I did uh, about a month ago, I believe it was, and I think it was the Ohio Freedom Fighters, but it might have been another one. I've done a lot of speaking in the last uh, couple of months. At any rate, uh, Dr. Pavlovsky, during our Q&A session, uh, decided to talk about well, the way things are in communist nations because he is a Russian uh, by birth and is well actually let me clarify that he may be first generation here in the United States so let's bring Dr. Pavlotsky onto the program now because he is a, has a story to tell that none of the rest of us can talk about from the sidelines he was in the middle of it so uh, Konstantin Pavlotsky thank you for coming on how are you today sir nice talk to you Bob it's always a pleasure and honor to be on your show your thoughts and analysis are very deep and very intelligent well, I, I, I'm wonderful. Thank you, and thank you for those nice words, uh, Constantine. I, I said to the group uh, at which I spoke, in, at which you asked your question, if you recall, 
I said that you are the most important person in that room to listen to. I have made that same statement on the radio airwaves. Anybody who has experienced living in in under communist uh, uh, communist oppression, living uh, in nations in which communism is is the rule of law, and whether it be uh, Cuba or or Russia or North Korea, it doesn't matter. Or China, Venezuela. Um, Anybody who has experienced what you have knows a thousand times more than any of us do what is coming and what um, you know what what that would mean to the people of this country. So I wanted to listen to you then, and now I want everyone uh, in this listening audience to hear from you. Tell us your background the same way that you told me at that event, and then we'll follow up after that. Uh. I immigrated from a uh, former Soviet Union uh, 30 years ago, in 18, 1989, and I arrived in States in April 1990. And I'm a U.S. citizen since 1995. Uh, example of my home country, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, I like if uh, Ocasio-Cortez and Squad, we're going to turn the stage uh, of yours right now and listen what I'm talking about. After communist revolution in Russia, in 1917, until today, it's complete path of destruction, horrible suffering of the people of my former homeland. Why? Because of socialism. Okay? Americans not always can comprehend due to uh, a little bit isolationism mentality what we have right here, except people who fight during First and Second World War, fight in Vietnam, fighting Korea, they know what's going on. Difference between communism and socialism, it's not only free market economy. Number one is complete lack of freedom from citizens of their country. Okay? It's absolutely disregard to another opinion, except opinion of communist party and communist government. Okay? It's decreasing in population due to starvation, number one to their bad environment, bad habits, incomplete lack of future and perspective. You know, if we're looking for analysis since Stalin's time, okay, and we even coming to what's going on now in Russia, which is officially, let's say, a capitalistic society, which is not absolutely true. It's completely destruction, passive destruction and humiliation of people who live there. It's the reason why I, I was 25 years old. And after I lost my mother in very young age, due to completely lack of uh, quality medicine there, okay, she died from cancer in 37 years old. And I absolutely realized, and I don't have any future in the country. I don't have any future in Soviet Union. And my dream was always emigrate to the United States. Okay? And since then, I really cherish, I really cherish what I have right, right here in, in America. My dream to come back to my specialty, come true. I feel very safe and very... I, have, I, I see the future for my family here, okay? Never go to socialist and communist way. Do not flirt with socialism because it's going to lead to complete destruction of society. I can talk a long time about that, Bob. You know, I, I'm very emotional about it because I knew the night and I leave the country and now, never see my father again. It's exactly what happened at that time because he cannot uh, survive, you know, my immigration, my sister immigration and all that. But I see how dangerous, what dangerous past we have right now in the United States. People don't know 
and cannot predict how bad it could be. Do not fix if it's not broken. Completely, what I see right now in states, uh, it's a uh, we're losing independence of our media, which is absolutely key cornerstone for our freedom. Because you know, if you turn TV on radio, you know what's going on from from there. Only radical and liberal values coming to our kids and to us 24/7. Come on, number two, what really kind of uh, scare? Uh, uh, it's a lack of respect to another opinion, conservative opinion under siege in this country, in colleges, in universities, and now in school. You know, it's how it can be. This is passed to communism, because only in communist society, it's no respect to another opinion. How can be in states, critical race theory, completely destruct and, and ruin brain of our kids? You know, what about cultural revolution in China? Do we, do we know history? Do we read a little bit history book, what's happened in China? You know, how many people was oppressed because their opinion, which is not 100% support of the U.S. Communist Party of China. Come on. How bad it can be. Wow. Uh, Konstantin Pavlotsky is my guest. As you heard him say, uh, Konstantin uh, came to the United States, um, became a citizen in the United States in 1995, and you said it was always your dream to come to the United States. Konstantin, how do you feel when you see people who were fortunate enough, who are privileged enough to be born here, denigrate this country, uh, turning their back on the flag, ta- talking about how this is a racist, oppressive nation that doesn't treat people fairly? Coming from your background, how do you respond when you see people speaking like that in this free country? Because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know history of our country. They don't know history of the world. Because how many times you can step on the same mind over and over again. United States of America now in the world is a symbol of democracy and freedom. You know, how many thousands Americans lost their life in order to provide most valuable uh, Jew in our life? It's a freedom to be ourselves, to be how we want to live, to have a freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom to have a weapon and protect the family, freedom to work hard and to be successful. You don't know what's going on. Why so many people around the whole world, from Mexico to Russia, want to live in the United States? How come you can criticize your own country? Criticize our flag, criticize our value. If you, at the same time, you see how many thousands, million people want to live in states. And when they came here, majority of them, 90%, very successful and very prosperous. And how come after everything you can tell that our flag could be symbol of oppression? You forget about civil war? You forget, you forget about how many law was come, you know, was accepted to this country in order to protect rights of minority. You forget about our president who is, let's say, Afro-American region. Come on. Stop. Stop this madness. You destroy Jew of the world. 
and you know it's because of completely lack of education i think and knowledge and respect this is what my point they don't know what they're talking about and i have no explanation why they so aggressive and why so radical you know raising united states and absolutely in situation when you have a chance and you have a future i see it by people in my community everybody who came here 99 percent really thankful and really prosper here they're working hard and they see result of their work what else do you need constantine when i first met you <clears throat> excuse me at the event about a month ago or so i told you i was going to have you on the air at some point to tell your story First of all, you're doing a great job of it. And second of all, the reason I chose now is because what we just saw in Cuba or yeah, in Cuba on us uh, on Sunday. What is what do you make of the Cuban people finally getting up the courage and it does take courage because they have suffered brutal treatment and beatings and other things because they spoke out against the communist government. But what does it tell you that they are willing to risk imprisonment by flying and waving the American flag during their protests? And it's the same flag that you just talked about here that, um, you know, many on the American left denigrate and, and view as a symbol of oppression. Right there, in a fight for freedom on that communist island, they are waving that flag as a symbol of liberty. And yet it's so disrespected here in the country you and I enjoy. You know, uh, Cuba is island of freedom. United States fight against Spain. And after win of the war in early 19th century, they guaranteed to Cuba and Philippines independence from Spanish monarchy. Okay, other words, United States made huge effort to make Cuba free country. And I am really, really admire effort of Cuban people, which they demonstrate right now against oppression of communist government since Cuban uh, uh, Castro captured power in 1959. If you know the history, Soviet Union support Cuba during all these years, night and day from night and day from my hometown, Port of Odessa, on the Black Sea, ships coming to Cuba. And if, you know, lots of people remember in 1961, you know, war uh, could very possible sparkle between Soviet Union and Cuba when Khrushchev, a leader of Soviet Union, sends uh, rockets to Cuba in order you know, to, uh, let's say, <laughs> protect Cuba from Soviet, from United States, which pretty much was against uh, communist revolution and usurpation of power uh, in this little island. But for how many years people in absolutely paradise, for me, Cuba is paradise, okay, could be suffering from communist destruction, which made this island example, you know, very clear example of complete... Uh, I repeat this word again, complete destruction by communist government. People without electricity, without medication, without food, without job, in a place which can be blossomed. Because it's very close to Miami, very close to Florida. People see what's going on right there. People want to live like their relatives and their uh, a citizen, you know, of United States who lives 60 miles from there. Why these people can be prosper and live normal, free life? And why the same Cuban people should suffering 60 miles apart in the island, which could be blossom in the South America or Central America? I'm sorry. You know, it's, it's impossible, but it can be under communist government. If people in Cuba hold 
U.S. flag, it means something. It means they want to be free and going to be happy and going to live normal life. We should admire this effort. Finally, after so many years of oppression, even Cuban people raised up against their own government and said, it's enough. It's enough. We want to be as everybody else. And, I you think know, we should tell something. I'm sorry, I'm Constantine. Sorry. I was I was just going to say I think we should admire their effort, but I think we should also learn from them, you know, and realize what they aspire to is what we already have. And rather than trying to denigrate it and and to tear it apart and to bring about the same type of socialist, Marxist, communist principles that they suffer under in Cuba and you suffered under in Russia and so many others in communist and socialist states, uh, rather than than fantasize and. Roll romanticize that that would be a great thing to bring here maybe we should listen to people like you listen to the people of cuba listen to people who are suffering under those regimes and uh and understand you know what maybe that uh, that united states flag represents something pretty good after all because we have it pretty good here and that's the message i wanted you to come on <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> And share with us. <clears throat> Sorry about that, Constantine, Absolutely. because it's so very important to listen to people like you who have been there. Uh, I'm going to keep your number, and I hope we can call on you again as these situations arise. We need people like you to sound the alarm and tell them uh, to not bring about what you escaped from and others who have escaped from these regimes uh, have endured. Okay, my friend? Thank you very much, Bob. I always, always will be honored to be on your show. Thank you thank, very much. God thank bless. you. And I'll be honored to have you back on. Thank you, Constantine. All right, there you have it, uh, Konstantin Pavlotsky. He's a dentist in Mayfield Heights, by the way, if you're interested. Go get your teeth worked on. He sounds like a great guy. Uh, but Konstantin Pavlotsky has a very, very strong message to share. And people who have escaped those kinds of conditions to come to the free United States and look at this country and say, oh, my gosh, I can say things without being thrown in prison? Oh, my gosh, I can actually pursue and own my own property? I can actually live my life in liberty and decide what I want to do, when I want to do it, where I want to do it, and how I want to do it without government in- intervention and without government's, uh, government oppression. They look at this place as just the gold standard. And American Democrats see this as a pit of racist and oppression hell. I, I have no other way to say it. Terrific job, Constantine. Thank you. God bless. We'll be right back. In the white room with black curtains near the station. So. The conversation uh, that I just had with Con- it was really more one-sided. I just listened because I wanted to be educated by this man, uh, Konstantin Pavlotsky. When you, t- I've said this to you yesterday, I believe, on the show, and I may, I think I even told the national audience when I hosted for Dennis Prager yesterday. If you get an opportunity to sit in a room with a person who has escaped communism or socialism, don't get up. Sit down and stay there and listen and learn. Because these are people who, you know, it's kind of like, who would you rather talk football with? The guy that's in the announcing booth who's never played the game or a retired player who knows what the battles are like in the trenches, who know what, hap- who know what happens in the huddle, in the trainer's room, 
in the in the meeting room, in the weight room, and on the field. Who would you rather get the real truth about the game from? That's just a goofy example I'm coming up with. But the answer is, of course, not the announcer who just talks like they know what they're doing, but the player who has done it. That's who you want to get your, your information from. Well, when it comes to communism, socialism, and Marxism, you hear it being glorified. You hear it being romanticized in the United States by leftist Democrats trying to tell you that it's a great thing and that this oppressive American republic, this this uh, constitutional republic we have, is built on slavery and it was founded on lies and founded on oppression and it's so terrible and we really need to bring about an equitable outcome for everybody. And the only way to do that... The only way to do that is with the... Uh, you got to kill that music for me there, please. The only way to do that is um, uh, to bring about uh, the same sort of Marxism and socialism, et cetera, et cetera, uh, that they have in those other countries. Listen to the people who have played the game. Listen to the people who have been in the trenches, the people who have been and suffered under the uh, oppressive thumb of the communist dictatorships, the real, true totalitarian regimes or authoritarian regimes. These are the people you want to listen to, Konstantin Pavlotsky, and guess what? We're going to talk to another one. He wasn't there personally, but his uh, father escaped from Russia, and he's got an amazing story to tell in his own right. And, of course, I speak of Peter Kersenow, who will join us next right after the top of the hour news on AM 1420, The Answer.